0: On this week's show, as the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers have begun for Africa, we speak to fans in Kenya about their hopes of making it to the World Cup and what it would mean to qualify and when they think it might happen. Never.
1: (laughs) There are so many reasons. I don't think it will be possible for our national team to reach the FIFA World Cup in any of the
0: coming years.
2: Not only me, but the unborn kids' peers will celebrate At least we'll make history for once.
0: And we catch up with how the African players are doing in the English Premier League and ask what's going on at Chelsea and Liverpool. And we have an interview with Aaron Treadway, an American who played as a goalkeeper in three African countries. He tells us how he moved from the American Major League Soccer to go to Zimbabwe.
3: Because I said, well, you know, you do know that I live on the beach in California – (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, at the time I I was dating a model. It was kind of like that.
0: Well, that's all coming up on the show. And as of last week, the programme is now 30 minutes long, giving us the chance to bring you much more on African football and to go deeper into the big issues. Well, let's start with the CAF Champions League as T.P. Mazembe of DR Congo and USM Alger of Algeria are through to the final. T.P. Mazembe beat a Sudanese club al Hilal 3-0 at home for a 4-2 aggregate win and USM Alger drew 0-0 with al Hilal of Sudan to go through 2-1 on aggregate. So, Solomon, both Sudanese sides went out at the semi-final stage there. I must mention, though, that... uh... Al Hilal uh,
4: did so well, and for them to be able to get to this stage, we really have to mention the, the progression in Sudanese football, uh, club football especially. The last uh, years, three, four years, we've seen uh, Sudanese clubs getting into the semi-final of uh, some of the top. Africa Club Championships. And I wouldn't be surprised, even in the next two years, if we don't see a Sudanese club uh, in the final. But then they lost to a more experienced site, uh, USM Alger, though getting into the final for the first time in their history. But Tipi Mazembe, after being champions the last time in 2010. But now they're back and, and, and they're strong. And it, it will be a great final
0: to watch between these two uh, great sites. So that's in the CAF Champions League. Now, in the second-tier Confederation Cup, Orlando Pirates of South Africa are through to the final after a sensational win over eight-times African champions Al-Athlete of Egypt in Cairo. Pirates led 1-0 from the first leg. They went 2-0 down, only to come back to win 4-3 and to go through 5-3 on aggregate. They'll play Etoile du Sahel of Tunisia in the final. So, Orlando Pirates are from Johannesburg, uh, where you are, Solomon. What was the reaction to that win?
4: Well, Steve, it has been such a positive reaction from uh, football fans uh, across uh, South Africa. People are really excited because the last time Orlando Paris got to the final in the Champions League, they lost. They only won one Continental League in way back in the 90s against Aseg Mimosas. But fans stripped to the airport to to welcome uh, this Orlando Paris side, coached by uh, Eric Tinkler, the former Bafana Bafana defender. They are a side that is uh, very different from a lot of sides that I've watched this season in the Confed Cup, in that they believe that they could go away from home and score goals. They believe so much in in, in scoring, and even when Al-Hali, you know, got ahead, you know, they, they were still pushing, and and they got the scru- two crucial goals. I think it's a really phenomenal uh,
0: uh, play for them. Well, we'll be following those big continental finals here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Now, the road to the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia has begun for Africa, with 26 teams currently involved in home and away ties in the first round of qualifying. There'll be a second knockout round where 40 teams will fight for a place in the group stage where the five group winners will make it to the World Cup Finals. Well, Zimbabwe were excluded from the qualifiers as a punishment from FIFA over money owed to a former coach. Uh, So there's no hope here, but all across the rest of Africa, fans are wondering if it might be their turn to see their country at the World Cup. Well, Kenya have never made it to the World Cup. They've been to the Africa Cup of Nations finals five times, most recently in 2004. So with Southampton's Victor Wanyama in their team, could they make it this time? Well, they are taking on Mauritius in the first round? And Josfat Kiyoko spoke to fans in Mombasa in Kenya about the expectations of the national team, the Harambi Stars. And many are not very optimistic. I don't see the team doing anything because we have a very undisciplined side. I blame the technical bench.
2: It has taken us 11 years to reclaim the Sakafa title we had won in 2002. We won it in 2013. It took us 10 years to reclaim a regional title. Now we are talking about the World Cup. Hey, boss, fun? Um, no, we are not going past this stage. Well, my name is George, and uh, I'm very sorry to say, as a Kenyan, I don't think that will ever happen, not in the near future. I think the biggest problem with Kenyan football is that there's a cronism, there's a incompetence. It it needs to change, and we have to incorporate young players and new talents. Then uh, I think uh, players themselves, most of them do not go out of their way to die for the team. They're just there to make some money. Let me, let me give you a good example of Wanyama. He plays at Southampton. He's a midfielder. And he's a very good midfielder at, at Southampton. But when it comes to Harambe Stars, you, you can even count the number of times he, he makes uh, passes in, in, in the midfield. Is and it because they don't train together for a long time? Do other teams of other nationalities stick to uh, stay together for long? No. That is a very lame excuse. Still speaking to the people of Mombasa about national team Harambe Stars, this team has never made it to the FIFA World Cup. First of all, I think it's support. These people don't get enough support in terms of funds. I left the right kind of coach. Um, so you see, these are the major things that they can they can be um, a back to them. The work morale kind of fades away. And how will you feel if, like today, FIFA says 14 from Africa, uh, like Nigeria, Cameroon, South Africa, and also Harambe Stars of Kenya, going for the FIFA World Cup? How will you feel? I personally would be very grateful for that because to be like a chance in a lifetime, something that has never happened. Of course, they, I am sure they will, they will get another opportunity because opportunities never cease. Okay, more fans here for Harambe Stars, which has never been to the FIFA World Cup. You think we can make it there?
1: Never. <laughs> there are so many reasons. I don't think it will be possible for our national team to reach the FIFA World Cup in any of the coming years. There is something lacking. The management. Two, they lack support. We don't have enough facilities. We don't have that motivation. The players are not facilitated well.
2: Do you mean Kenya is not good at uh, international football?
1: It is not good. We can can see we have big names, but we are not capitalizing on the the big names in the industry.
2: But you hope one day Kenya can make it?
1: (laughs) It's a dream. Everybody has a dream. So maybe one day it will happen.
2: I think anything that can be done like today can make a big difference. Because there are big names in that team. Victor Wanyama Oliech We You have big names in that team, so I don't know. I can't understand why we cannot reach, we cannot qualify. If Arab Stars make it today for the FIFA World Cup? Not only me, but the unborn kids, here will celebrate. At least we'll make history for once. Yeah. Okay, I'm weekly for Kumu as Tonje Arab Stars follower here in Kenya. I look back uh, last month, Afghan qualifier against Zambia, Chipotle of Zambia, where we lost 2-1 at home. Poor preparation of the team ahead to matches. And that's something that we cannot run away from. First thing that we must first work on is to shape up our team, brace up our team, and make sure that we go and qualify to the Africans. Then from there we can build on. But hoping or aiming of going to the World Cup at the moment is more than a dream. How will you feel if your national team makes it to fifa i think it's something that we leave so many kenyans very happy because as kenyans we've been following and in fact we've been supporting other teams from other ones for example i'm a, I'm a brazilian supporter since 1998 i've been supporting them i always am very happy when i see brazil winning now when it comes to
0: kenya now kenya winning i think i'll be out of this world that's josvat Kioko speaking to fans in mombasa kenya on their hopes in the world cup qualifiers And a lot of pessimistic fans there, Solomon. Yes, uh,
4: Kenyan football has not been able to achieve... Uh, the potential that it has, you know, from club football. You know, we have clubs like Goma here uh, not doing so well. We don't get to have Kenyan uh, football clubs playing in, in the Champions League group phase or Confed cup. So, and, and all that contribute, you know, towards having a great uh, national team. You know, uh, one of the fans mentioned the factors of not really getting the right people to play uh, and to and to run football. And, and it is indeed part of the problem that we face in Africa. And, and Kenya in, itself, you know, in East Africa, uh, they used to be a very strong side, you know, almost the, the main key national team in East Africa, but they've not been able to do that because of such factors. Another factor is definitely, you know, players are playing for their clubs and, and coming to the national team and playing with the same zeal and with the same passion. You know, a lot of people are questioning, uh, a lot of the fans are questioning the, the contribution and uh, and the play of uh, Victor Wanyama, who plays for Southampton you know very great defensive combative uh, midfielder but for uh, Harambe Stars he seems to you know get a, a bit uh, slow and uh, football is something that you go out to your club and and you come to your country and you play it with the same zeal if you really want to achieve the same result but we saw a bit of a, a miracle if I can call it that in 2006 uh, when uh, Togo qualified for the World Cup in Germany and also Angola did that for the first time in their history and 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 no one expected them to to go ahead and qualify for uh, the world cup but they did and they went out there and and played some brilliant and great football so maybe you know the kenyan fans should be praying for such a miracle because miracles do happen and uh i think the kenyan football uh national team has the players and to cause some sort of upset uh you know in in certain games and i hope their game against mauritius would be uh leading them towards that
0: Surely they can do much better. Thanks a lot, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. The show is now 30 minutes long as we go deeper into African football. We have a brand new website, by the way. It's planetsportfootballafrica.com and it's been designed specifically for smartphones. You can listen to each week's current show there and find out more about us, uh, myself, Solomon and Stuart and the rest of the team. So the website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. Also you can follow us on Twitter. The address is at planetsportfa. You can keep in touch with news about the programme and African Football News at FA is our Twitter handle. Well, still to come on the show, a look at Sadio Mane's much-needed goal for Southampton, and we ask what's going on at Chelsea
5: and Liverpool. I think at the moment, given the resources they have, it's going to be very hard to see Liverpool ever winning the league again. Well to Facebook and
0: WhatsApp now and last week we asked how good is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. The Gabon striker had become the first player ever to score in the first seven matches of a German Bundesliga season and in fact he scored again last weekend. Although his club Borussia Dortmund lost 5-1 to Bayern Munich he scored and extended his record again. It now stands at eight matches. We asked if you think that Aubameyang will be a contender when the African Player of the Year awards come along. And Amadou Mane in the Gambia says Aubameyang is the best African player in Europe right now, and he has the potential to be one of the contenders for the best players in the world, not just in Africa. Amadou Dumbuya says he has all the abilities to challenge for the best African player. Alhaji Delgado Jame says he deserves to be a contender, also Yassine Brahimi of Algeria and Porto, and Sumana Koli in the Gambia says when the world is watching the tall and speedy Obameyang delivered seven goals in seven games was clearly evidence that he indicates he can become the best player in Africa without a second thought. Ebrima Barrow says surely Obameyang will be a contender for the African Player of the Year award. He could even win it because he is a very fine player. Alassana Drame got in touch after Aubameyang scored again against Bayern to make it eight games in a row. And Alassana says he continues his wonderful performances this season. I would definitely vote for him to be a contender for African player of the year. And Alassana continues, my team is Man City, Yaya Toure is my best player. And Aguero's five goals for Man City were unforgettable as he's returned to his devastating best in City's 6-1 win over Newcastle. And on other issues, Modu Saliou from The Gambia says that's the worst Man United I've seen in decades. He was writing after the 3-0 loss to Arsenal. And Modu says it's time for coach Louis van Gaal to learn from his mistakes. Well, this week, if you're one of the millions of Liverpool fans around Africa, tell us what you think about what's happening at the club. Was it the right decision to fire manager Brendan Rodgers? Is Jurgen Klopp the right man to take over? And when will the glory days come back at the club? We'll be chatting about that with Stuart Weir later on in the show. You can send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero or go to our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa and you're always welcome to send comments on any football matters that you like. Well now to our interview with Aaron Treadway, an American who moved from the USA's Major League Soccer and played as a goalkeeper in three African countries. That's Zimbabwe, Zambia and South Africa before then moving to Asia. He played here in Zimbabwe for a while at a club called Black Aces. And Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard spoke to Treadway and first asked if it's true to say that goalkeepers deserve the reputation for being just a little bit crazy.
3: Uh, That reputation is probably (laughs) well-deserved. I've never met a goalkeeper who didn't have something just a little bit different. (laughs) <laughs> which is probably a nice way to say it but uh well I know that I did not want to be a goalkeeper I played striker from the age of 5 to 10 all good goalkeepers want to be a striker then when I was 10 I had a coach from Holland there in San Francisco. He had moved to San Francisco. So I had this Dutch coach and he looked at me and said, you're going to be a goalkeeper because I could catch pretty well. I was taller than everybody and bigger than everybody. And that was it. I played goalkeeper for the rest of my, my career, which I, I retired when I was 34 years old. So from 10 to 34, it was a long run in goalkeeper.
6: So you went to California State University, Stanislaus, and you developed your football skills and realized, yep, I do want to be the goalkeeper, the mad guy between the sticks?
3: Well, I think that, uh, you know, in the United States, our system, especially when I was growing up, isn't the same as, as world football. So in the United States, it's the typical trajectory of your career would be that you would play, you know, as a youth, and then you would go to a university. Uh, hopefully, you'd get a scholarship so that they would pay for your university. And you don't get paid to play, but you're getting your university for free. And then you move on to, to the professional ranks. But in the United States at that time, we didn't have professional soccer. So, you know, the, really, the only aspiration was that we could go overseas, hopefully to Europe. Um, thankfully for me, the Major League of Soccer, the MLS, came into existence in 1996. I, I went to California State University from 1994 to 1998. So it was in 1997 that I was drafted by the, the San Jose Earthquakes and the MLS. I still wanted to score goals, but I realized at university nobody was going to pay me to score goals. So I might as well stay with the position I was best at, which was goalkeeper.
6: Well, Alan, you played quite a lot of your career in the continent of Africa, and I'm fascinated to know how you managed to get from uh, California across to playing for the Black Aces in the Zimbabwe Premier Soccer League. So how did that come about?
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. I really would say that the honest answer is there's really no way that that could have happened other than, than God. <laughs> you know, it was it was a miracle, so to speak. I was playing in the Major League of Soccer, excited and, and happy. It was my first season. It was the fulfillment of my dream, everything I'd been working towards. You know, for an American, that was the, the highest domestic league that you could go. So I was content. And then I got asked to go in the off season on a two-week trip to three countries in Africa. At the time, it was uh, 1999. I'd never been to Africa But in 1999, I got asked by an organization called the Athletes in Action to go on a trip with a bunch of uh, professional soccer players from the United States, from all different teams. It was a selection. And they were going to play high-level matches in three countries, Zimbabwe, Uganda, and Kenya. And so on that trip, we, uh, we really didn't stay very long in any of those countries, but we went to Zimbabwe first, and we played the Dynamo which uh, is a team based in Harare. And then we went over to Bulawayo and we played the best team there at the time, which was the Highlanders. So it was a, it was a trip that really opened my eyes and opened the door for me to go and uh, you know kind of ply my trade in, in Africa.
6: So what was it that made you give up the MLS then? Because you said that was a two-week tour and you had no aspirations to play in Africa, but you did. So what was it that actually took you over to Zimbabwe to sign for the Black Aces? And how long were you there? And what was that experience like?
3: You know, I I came back thinking that was a fun and, and good two-week trip, but it was nothing more than a two-week trip. And for, for me, I guess, uh, over the course of the next six months, it was the off season, and then I went back into preseason and, you know, I was just going about my my normal life. And yet I felt, I guess I could say it was a compulsion. I felt compelled for some reason to, to go back to Africa. And so about three or four months later, I got a call from a guy who was the assistant coach of the Zimbabwean national team at the time. He had said that he had been looking for me for all this time since the team had left because, There were two or three clubs in Zimbabwe in the Premier League that uh, were inquiring about me, hoping that I might want to come and play for their team. And I kind of laughed at the time because I said, well, you know, you do know that I live on the beach in California. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, at the time I I was dating a model. It was kind of like that. And yet, you know, I, I used that word compelled. And you know I'm a follower of Jesus, and I really felt like um, it was Jesus calling me to to go to africa and At the time i didn't know why, and I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I decided it was it was the right move um, It certainly wasn't a financial move, but I really you know looking back, I would never change it. Those were some of the the best years of my life, and playing on the continent of Africa really changed my perspective and it changed who I am. I mean, I, I ended up marrying an African and, you know, my the whole course of my life is different because I made that decision. And I believe it's different for the better.
6: What happy memories then do you have of playing for the, the Black Aces in Zimbabwe?
3: You know, every game, the stadium would be packed. Uh, the players were great. You know, African football is an extremely high standard. So I love that. Um, just the different culture. Yeah.
0: Well, that's Aaron Treadway, an American who moved from the USA's Major League Soccer and played as a goalkeeper in Zimbabwe, Zambia and South Africa. And more of his story on next week's show. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And let's now focus on the English Premier League. Our English football expert Stuart Weir is back from a break. Good to have you back on the show, Stuart. And uh, it's been a frustrating few years for Liverpool fans around Africa and worldwide. They fired manager Brendan Rodgers after the 1-1 draw with Everton, which left them 10th in the Premier League. A Former Borussia Dortmund coach Jürgen Klopp is set to take over. And on WhatsApp, Abdul Kadra Tourai, a Liverpool fan... The Gambier says he would indeed choose Klopp as the new manager. Um, Rogers said he was devastated by the decision. So, Stuart, have Liverpool done the right thing?
5: I'm not surprised that he has gone. I have never really been totally convinced by Brendan Rogers. You know, his, his background is he did really well at Swansea. He had been an assistant at Chelsea. But Liverpool is a strange club because, in a way, Liverpool a club with great history. You know, they have won the Champions League. They've been the dominant team in England. But somehow, financially, they have not kept up with the Manchester United's, Manchester City's, Chelsea's. And I think it's an incredibly difficult job. Um, You know, he came within a couple of games of winning the Premier League, you know, two years ago. But then the loss of Suarez. Now, whatever you think of Suarez, and I'm not a great fan of him because of his behaviour. You know, he was a world-class player. Gerrard was a world-class player. Suarez decided to go to Barcelona. Gerrard decided to retire uh, from English football, go to America. And really, Liverpool at that point suddenly didn't have a world-class player. And I think at the moment, given the resources they have, it's going to be very hard to see Liverpool ever winning the league again. And, you know, getting into the top four, into the Champions League is always going to be a struggle simply because Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea and even Arsenal have simply got more money to spend. So
0: Brendan Rodgers is out of Liverpool, but uh, Chelsea are sticking by manager Jose Mourinho despite four defeats in the eight games so far. Now, after the defeat to Southampton, Mourinho said that if they fired him, they would lose the best manager that the club could have and that it's not fair to blame the coach when there's a bad spell because the players have a part to play as well. Um, Stuart, what do you make
5: of what's going on at Chelsea? Well, I mean, played... Eight league games and they've won two of them, drawn two and they've lost four. They're actually two places above relegation and they've also lost one of their Champions League games. Given the resources that they have, it's an astounding failure. Mourinho, of course, has a certain style of operating. He had a rant at the weekend about how it's all the fault of referees. It's strange. I mean, it seems to me that for all his uh, bravado, Mourinho is feeling the pressure. I think probably uh, the owner, Abramovich, does actually agree with Mourinho's arrogant comment that he is the best manager they've ever had and that he will probably see it through. But, you know, they're already 10 points behind Manchester City, which is a lot to catch up. It does look as if Mourinho at the moment doesn't quite know what's going wrong and doesn't quite know what to do about it. You know, saying that, we're on about to go into the international break. It wouldn't surprise me to see Chelsea coming back and winning by three or four goals. Talking about Southampton beating Chelsea, of course, uh, Senegalese uh, Sadio Mane scored one of the goals, and now that's 2-2 two and two for him. Had a slow start to the season, didn't score in his first six games, but now uh, coming in and uh, getting 2-2, two and two, so perhaps his season is really up and running.
0: So Sadio Mane starting to find his touch uh, maybe there. Um, Last week we focused on two Africans in the English Premier League. They both scored last weekend. That's Crystal Palace's Yannick Bolassi on target in a 2-0 win over West Brom. And Watford's Nigerian Odeon Igalo scored in the 1-1 draw with Bournemouth. Igalo has 21 goals in 26 league games in 2015. That's more than any other player in the top four divisions in England. And there were two Ghanaians finding the net. Andre Ayew headed in as Swansea were held to a 2-2 draw by Tottenham. And Jeff Schlup scored as Leicester won 2-1 away to Norwich.
5: Andre Ayew has scored four goals in eight games. He scored against Chelsea and Man U, and in the four games he's scored, Swansea have not lost. And Geoffrey Sloop, scoring, he's been a regular uh, in the Leicester City side, and he's scored uh, his first of the season at Norwich. And this is Leicester City, who for most of last season were certain to be relegated, and they're now sitting fifth in the Premier League. I believe the first time ever the two DR Congo players have scored in the same week in the Premier League. You know We've mentioned uh, Yannick Balassi scoring uh, for Crystal Palace. Then there's also Dumersli Bocani uh, who scored for Norwich City. He's really a Dynamo Kiev player, but on loan at Norwich. I mean, it's very unusual to see a DR Congo player in the Premier League. And now to have two of them scoring in one week, uh, what a great achievement.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, well done to the Congolese pair of Jumursi Mbokhani and Yannick Balassi, both scoring in the English Premier League last weekend. Some sad news that the mother of Stoke City striker Mam Birim Duuf is understood to have died in a stampede during the annual Hajj pilgrimage in Saudi Arabia. Uh, very sorry to hear about that. No English Premier League games this weekend as there are international fixtures, Euro 2016 qualifiers in Europe and the first round of World Cup qualifiers around Africa. So looking forward to that. Well, that's it for the show, but on Facebook and WhatsApp, do tell us if you're one of the millions of Liverpool fans around Africa, what do you think about what's happening at the club? Was it the right decision to fire manager Brendan Rodgers? And is Jurgen Klopp the right man to take over? And when will the glory? Days come back at Liverpool. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And we have a brand new website. It's planetsportfootballafrica.com. You can listen to each week's current show there and get to meet the team. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.